Live brunch. We are live. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Live Brunch. Live brunch. Live brunch. Welcome to another episode of Live Brunch, the second episode in our preaching series reboot. This is a, at Live Brunch, we, we pick up questions uh, that will help us apply the preach and how we could really um, practically apply the preach in our lives, as well as questions that have come in through the YouTube, YouTube chat. It's not too late to ask your questions, so feel free to drop in any questions. We like to kick off the episode with um, three practical questions that will help that for you to consider uh, this week. And the first one is, how does your understanding of the Bible shape the way you watch the news? What has this week's message highlighted to you about what God is like? And the third question, how does this passage challenge the way you interact with people who are different to you? And I'm joined by my good friend, Toby Ford Weston, and of course, Matt Carville. Well, well, well. Uh, well, 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 Toby Ford Weston. Um, Toby. Hi. Would you like to look at the last question? I was going to ask you a question about Arsenal's recent upturn in fortunes, but maybe we'll get that one. <laughs> How does this passage challenge the way you interact with people who are different to you? Yeah, um, I think it's an important question that we all kind of face on a regular basis in terms of, you know, just going to the shop. You know, literally, if you were to take a survey of the number of people in Aldi, Sainsbury's, or wherever you shop at that given time, I'm sure you get many different sort of cult, uh, countries and nationalities. I think for me, um, what I try and, and, and practice is when Jesus talks about um, to his disciples and he talks about um, that which you do to the least of my people, that, that's what you do to me. And I think that so often with us, we can think that the culture that we're used to is kind of like, that's the culture. So when we see someone from a, a minority or someone different to us, whether even if they're in the same culture, I think thinking actually this, the care that Jesus has shown me um, in my waywardness and going away from God's culture, if you like, of, of, of goodness and love, um, he's been so good to me. And I think that I try and apply that um, by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit to, to speak to people like they're a king or queen, you know, the same, speak the same to everybody and, and give them the same love because um, it could be Jesus, you know, Jesus talks about, you know, if you give a cup of water to someone in, in like in prison, like, or to, even to a young person, you've done that to me. And it's almost like, yeah, almost like this, this marge, marginalized person is, is Jesus. And I, how would I speak to, how would I serve Jesus in this, in this way? And so that, that's what I try and do. And it's something that you've got to constantly remind yourself. You have to constantly, it's because we don't naturally kind of do that. And especially in this busy world, you just want to get from A to B. Mm. Um, but actually taking the time to stop and say, hey, yeah, let, let, me, let me speak to you and interact with you. I think that's a, a healthy and helpful provocation from the Bible. Brilliant. In the news again, we've uh, had the terrible, terrible news of a man who, a black man who was shot dead by a police officer. And I guess going back to your, the first application question, you know, how does your understanding of the Bible and especially what we've just read uh, and what we've just heard in the preaching, you know, how does this help us uh, when uh, once again we are confronted with, with terrible race-related news uh, on the television? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, um, I, I think it's a really important question because um, our understanding of the Bible, if we're following Jesus, uh, he, Jesus is not just teaching us about spiritual disciplines and spiritual matters. 
you know, of course Jesus does teach us how to pray and how to relate to God. But the Bible um, helps us to understand the world from God's perspective. And so uh, as we get into that worldview, as we get into that, seeing the world through that lens, we see uh, things as the way God sees them. We see the value of, of people. Uh, we see uh, the nature of right and wrong. We, you know, even what I was talking about today, I guess, about the, the purpose of humanity. And so I think that, I mean, there's so many different ways that that applies in, t- in terms of a specific, specific story. Um, but I, I think it, it um, you know, for, for example, on that one, when we see something that is, that is tragic and up, upsetting, that it's right to be upset because we're seeing someone in the, in the image of God, whether it's someone that we know, whether it's, whether it's not someone we know, whether it's someone like us or someone different from us, in whatever country of the world, we're seeing that actually this, is, this grieves God that there is there's death, there is suffering, there is sin, there is anger, there is hatred. Um, the, people are not incidental. People are not, well, there's nothing to do with me. It, it, it can give us a, a, a compassion, uh, but also it can be a comfort in, in, in our despair as well. Because, you know, I think one of the things I was talking about in, in the message today was, was about the, the big story. And, of course, the, the sin and the hatred and the violence that we see currently is part of that story. But God is at work in bringing transformation, bringing healing. That can be a, a source of comfort. Yes, there is a time to grieve and time to um, be upset and respond uh, even with um, anger and want things to change. That is a good and godly and right response. But also we do that with a sense of hope that actually God is still working in this broken world um, and the future is not just a downward, downward spiral. Um, as we might, <laughs> Otherwise, that's what, how we might see what's going on in the news. Like, it's just there's no, there's no hope at all. We'd only, we'll only know that if we, if we are reading our Bibles. I think that um, we, we, we do need to be careful how much news we are listening to and watching in relation to how much we're reading our Bible and how much we are in the environment and the air of, of, of kind of the world of well, God and, and the scriptures. Um, because it, it's, it's very, very easy to watch the news and we have so much news yeah. thrown at us all the time, right? The evening news, news on the radio updates, flashes, uh, you know, um, on your mobile phone, um, and, and actually, it's very easy because the news really is mostly bad news um, to kind of get into a kind of depressed, mm. um, uh, hopeless uh, state in mind. Um, but actually, understanding, kind of like Matt said, that actually there is a hope, and when we read the Bible, we we, we see something of the hope, and that He's working, that God is working through situations. and And to give a very uh, example that's come to mind, I hope this works. Um, but it's like when you're cleaning stuff, um, it, something could be hardened, right? And, and, and you can sort of get by. But actually, if you want to clean it, you can start to see the water get murky. And so much of what is going on in our world, you know, God's at work and we don't know what he's doing. And some, he's bringing stuff that was latent, if you like, especially with the conversational race, to the surface. And we're starting to see with our own eyes, oh my, that is horrible, that is that's dirty. But actually, the fact that we're starting to see on a, on a sort of national and international stage the stuff that has been going on for a long time may well be God cleaning the, the inside of the mm. cup. And so we can look at it and get despondent and down and think, oh, my goodness, this again and again. And we shouldn't in a way. But at the same time, when you look at it with, a, with an understanding that God is always at work, he's doing something in this. Um, it, and, and you only get that perspective from living in the scriptures. Yeah. Then you start to see the hope that sp- mm. sprouts forth. 
I think that for me, at, at the highest level, you have the whole, uh, I guess, the, the issue of racial injustice. But at the individual level, it's the hopelessness that you feel at what looks like a situation or looks like culture that isn't being resolved. And I, I find for me, and I think even just hearing Levi's story, is you've really got to get to that crisis moment of hopelessness. And you, you've, you've got to get to that point where you know, you're broken and you're just at your lowest point. That, that was my own story of finding Christ, okay. is you get to that crisis moment, you get to that, I just have no faith in institutions, I have no faith in, mm. in resource, I have absolutely no hope, and even in people's, go people's ability to change. Mm. And that's where God meets you. Mm. And, uh, and that's where you meet Jesus, mm. who, as, as, we, as you said, he, he did not sit in his glorious city in, in heaven, but he came down, he humbled himself uh, to becoming a man and then dying on the cross. And, and you, you meet with him uh, at your lowest and, and, and almost, die to all those institutions and die to all the hope that you had, that you placed, the, the misplaced hope that you had around you mm. and, and then come, come alive in Jesus. And mm. I think mm. for me, there is something quite, just get into the hopelessness of the situations around you, just really get into the, into the muck mm. and find Jesus over there. That, that's, that's the way I look at the news. It's sure. terribly hopeless. <laughs> um, okay, so we, so we look at some questions. Yeah. Um, what does this passage teach us practically about unity in the church? I think it, I'm hoping that um, what I've said um, is, is going to be something of a provocation or a challenge, challenge to people. Uh, I, I think the, the, the passage certainly challenge, it challenges me on, on these points. And I think for, for any preacher, when you, you come to these sorts of passages, it has, to, it has to challenge you first if you're going to bring a challenge to other people. Um, and I think even for us as, as church at Manual, uh, with these topics and diversity and we are probably um, one of the most in one sense one of the most diverse communities in our in our city that does not mean at all we've got this sorted though because we're not at all we've got steps to take I think we can be more relationally connected I think um, and I think we just we need these this is not something that there's one thing that can change I think this talking about this a lot and talking about actually yes we are diverse we are different there's people from different backgrounds different ethnicities mm. um, and also recognize that we do have our sinful and selfish biases to stick with what is familiar to us to see difference as oh it's easier not to for me personally but and for us as a community we have to keep that light on the dashboard how are we doing on that are we going out of our way uh, to befriend others who are not like us and that's a, a question that I need to ask myself that one another we can ask ourselves uh, whether that's who am I doing small group with this term uh, or who am I having around for dinner or meeting in a garden or whatever are, are we are we sticking to the familiar or are we are we looking to to actually draw others into our community people who may not naturally uh, be similar to and it's not just people not just I think a, a sort of an ethnic one uh, question or sort of background question it's it's all there's so many ways that people are different you know we're different in terms of class or middle class working class and even on that one we cannot it'd be something easy it's not to talk easy not to talk about but we, we do if you're university educated you'll gravitate towards people who, who are also university educated and but that's not how the church should be the church should be all the different types of people and um, building relationship befriending you can't befriend everyone we've talked to that on live brunch before about that but just just 
just having that question mm. in your mind, like, what, what am I doing with that? Am I being proactive in that? Uh, because sin, as we've seen in, this, in, in the passage, sin will, be, will turn us inwards. Mm. And the gospel turns us outwards. And mm. we just need to keep that, keep that in mind. Yeah. I guess my question would be, what is the goal of that unity? Um, so if, if we are attracting the people who are even with, who have whole different mindsets to us, different political views, different, yeah. uh, I guess, views on, on certain cultural moments and, and situations. What is the goal of that unity? Is that goal of that unity just to understand people or to bring them to unity of opinion? I think the, go- the goal of it is to display God. I mean, that's the, the church is the d- display of God. I think, you know, I think one of the things that God is calling us to and what we should aspire to is, you know, I, I, I want people in our city to be reading the news in the week or their experience week to week of the difficulties between groups of people in the world and then step into our church and think, wow, it's different here. Mm. Like, that, wouldn't that be amazing? As I say, we've got work to do on that. But to see us as a community, I think that is what God has in mind for every church, mm. to display his diversity in unity. And it's only the gospel that, that can get us there. Mm. It's only having the unity that, you know, there, you know it talks in Galatians about the fact that those reasons for division amongst us are done in Christ. Without mm. Christ, they're always going to be there. But when we're united in following Christ and we're united by the love that we've received from him, that, that, that helps us to build that type of community. And so I think that, that, is, the, mm. that is a goal for that to shine out to people. Mm. Anything you want to add to that, Tobes? What he said. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think following on from that is, um, what, what would you advise people to do when they are... Uh, church is, is such a... Is, is, a, is in some ways a strange community because quite often people are united by, by common purpose and common situation. And, and in church, it's just an amalgamation of everybody and, and a whole bunch of different cultures, different backgrounds, different political views, everything. We're all, we're all in the room together. Any tips on how you can stay united or you can stay in unity with people when they hold completely different persuasions than what you have? Yeah, um, well, I think that... Um, Ultimately, it all comes out of Jesus. Um, even uh, Matt Davis at the beginning of our service t- today quoted Colossians where it says, of Jesus, in him all things are held together. And um, ultimately, it's in Christ, in Jesus, that the church is held together. And I think that um, abiding in him, as it says in John 15, um, he is the vine. We are the branches if you are a believer in Jesus. And, and the more we uh, abide in the vine, the vine is, the, is what's holding the whole, the whole tree together. And I think so um, if we are thinking, like, how can we do this better? It's simply going back to Jesus, reading his scriptures, singing to him in the morning, um, speaking to him throughout the day. That's what it looks like, just a humble mm. daily dependence on him. And what, what you'll find actually going back to the previous questions is you will start to bear fruit. And that's the promise. If you abide in Jesus, you'll bear fruit. And, 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 and you will, uh, therefore, these questions on, on race and different um, uh, sort of um, educational backgrounds, uh, et cetera, et cetera, they will just ha- you will just start to see yourself gravitating towards the fringy, the outside, just because you're abiding in him. And if you abide in him, you have his spirit. If you have his spirit, you do the kind of things he did. Yeah. And that's what he did. He went to the fringes and the marginalized as well as the, uh, the, the, the masses. Hmm. It's those big ideas of Christ being more powerful in our lives than our 
uh, uncomfortableness. Mm. <laughs> because if, if we're going to be this diverse church and more and more this diverse church that I'm talking about, it's, that's not, it's not an easy road to get there. It's, it's uncomfortable. You know, getting to know people who are different than you, there's, there is, it is, there is problematic. There's, you know, different cultures and there's different sense of humor. I'm going to say something, you're going to mean it as a joke and it's not going to be taken as a joke. Or are you joking? I don't know. Because we have to learn one another. Yeah. And that is not a comfortable process. But I, and I don't like that. But I also know, but my uncomfortableness is actually preventing us getting to where God wants to be and the church that Jesus wants for us. And so those things need to be a bigger factor in my life. And I need to recognize my uncomfortableness and recognize, you know, we're going to try and befriend other people who are not like us and it's not going to go that well at first and it's going to be awkward and we're going to make mistakes and that sort of thing. But keeping the vision in mind helps us to keep moving forward and love one another, forgive one another, communicate better mm. and that sort of thing. Like that is the journey of it. It's, it's awkward, but uh, uh, there's something more glorious in it. And on that awkwardness, I mean, it's the gospel. Yeah. You know, Jesus came down, as Matt said, from heaven to earth. I mean, yeah. he walked around our cultures, he wore our clothes, he ate our food. That, you know, that's uncomfortable. That's not his environment as such, mm. right? Uh, it's uncomfortable being nailed to a cross, right? I mean, that... that that is, it's the gospel. It's kind of, we, 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 we do that for the sake of love because we believe that loving one another is, 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 is greater, is more important than our sort of comforts. And we are richer for it. Yeah. The, the more diverse friends we have here, an, an Indian, a Scotsman and a Nigerian, right? These, you guys are my friends, right? Sometimes not so much you, Man United fan. But um, I, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> focus, focus. Um, and we're richer, all the richer for it. You know, mm. it's, it's like my son. He um, he likes kind of two foods, uh, kind of. And um, we're trying to get him to try different foods. And I'm like, no, this, this is good. But there's this other stuff that you can enjoy. You're, you're narrowing. Don't limit yourself. Enjoy all the good stuff. Mm. Um, so so yeah, just to, to add that as well. A Scotsman, an Indian, and a Nigerian walked into a bar. It sounds like a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Finish that joke off, yeah. Um, one of the questions that came in was, if the command to multiply means not only numerically, but also in regards to diversity and difference, what could the different ways be to practically live out this command? We've, I feel like we've, 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 answered, we've, we've answered that. Um, two questions before we come to an end. You talked about going to the ends of the earth and, and the, the, the mission of the church being to, to take the gospel to places where it hasn't been preached before, where different countries, different places. What are we doing? Are we doing anything about that? I mean, I think that's, that is intrinsic in, uh, in who the church is. The church is not static. The church is, the, uh, in one sense, the vehicle of this the great commission. Jesus said, make disciples of, of, of all the world. Um, and so for us as, as, a, as a specific church, Emmanuel, seeing part of our vision is to plant more churches. And so we've been, over the last few years even, sending uh, people out to, uh, I say sending, they did want to go, but <laughs> to <laughs> Poland and to Northern Ireland and in previous years before that, into uh, Amsterdam and, and uh, Canada. And, uh, that, you know, as, as part of who we are as a church, like the, the it's natural for the church to grow. It's natural for the church to multiply. Uh, that is intrinsic in the gospel. And so we, we just, yeah. Hey, actually, there was a word of knowledge on the live stream about somebody feeling uh, church planting on their heart and mm. to go and speak to one of your elders. And it's remarkable. The Holy Spirit places stuff in people's yeah, heart yeah, to go to yeah. take the gospel to the ends of the, of the world. So if that is you, please uh, yeah. speak to your elder. Uh, last question. As language is an externalization of inner cultural, even spiritual realities, do you think that the gift of languages 
given at Pentecost depicts an undoing of Babel and thus a spiritual reunion. Tobes and you want to say something? Yeah, I think that um, there are real uh, similarities and comparisons that could be made with Babel and, and, and Pentecost. It, it is kind of like the anti-story, if you like, of uh, Babel or, or vice mm. versa, depending how you look at it. Uh, it's interesting even the, 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 the specifics of the passages. We're talking about uh, Genesis 11, Babel, and, and Acts chapter 2. And, and you know, in, Acts, in Babel, they're, they're on the earth and they're trying to build to the, to the, to the heavens, as it were. But in, in, in Acts 2, they're in the upper room mm. and they come down to the people. Mm. And, um, and we see, of course, that in Babel, they're looking to kind of explore uh, or, or make a name for themselves. But in Acts chapter 2, we see them actually extolling and telling the mighty works of God. So the purpose is, 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 is opposite and opposed. And, and what's interesting about Acts chapter 2 as well is it's not so much, um, you know, the, the apostles came down. It's not that everyone, and there would have been around a million people in Jerusalem at the time of, mm. of, of it would have been Passover, but usually people stay for Passover for the, the festival of Pentecost. So there have been loads, literally hundreds of thousands of people there. But it's not that they sort of all started to understand the apostles, like you conform to what we are saying. It's the apostles that went and spoke in different earthly languages and tongues and in their various cultures. And it's a picture, really, again, of the gospel, going back to the point that Matt just made about us um, through the gospel going and, and speaking the languages and reaching people and all cultures. And it really is God displaying something, you know, it, that is the birth of the church. Mm. And God is almost saying like right at the beginning of the church, this is what I want it to be like. I want you to go speak their languages. And that, it, that's not just a language thing. That's a culture thing, dressed like the people that you're called to serve. I mean, I'm trying to do a bit of that today and, and all that kind of thing. <laughs> and then it's, it, it really is, it really is kind of like right at the beginning, God planting his flag in the sand and it's the, anti-story of, of Babel back in Genesis chapter 11. So what people are you trying to serve? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we have run out of, uh, of time this episode, but thank you so much for joining us. We will see you again next Sunday at 10 o'clock for our live stream and then quarter past 11 for live brunch. Have a wonderful weekend ahead.